0: Those moments that are difficult, are, are those opportunities for you to have a better understanding of who you are, of your purpose? Like it, it can be that deep, it can be that big, and these little moments are kind of meant to bring us closer and closer to that.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. We're so happy
0: you're here today with us. Hi, everyone. It's Lindsay Simsick and Krista Williams, and it's Thursday, and we're... Uh, At the beginning of July, Mm -hmm. sometimes I have to look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, we are in July,
1: July (laughs) of 2020 on Earth. Honestly, (laughs) where are you? It's been scary too. I don't, you know, for astrology people, it's been so scary to hear astrological predictions of, of July and even the rest of 2020, which I try to not attach to so much. But for some reason, all the eclipses and transits that are happening in July really really struck me. I I have no idea what they are. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I I wait, I hear the semblance in the voice and then I make, and I kind of interpret what it is and just live in fear.
0: (laughs) It's scary, but also I'm like, actually I'm down to kind of be prepared. If people are saying, hey, the rest of 2020 is going to be a little wild and a little crazy. I'm kind of down to be in that mindset of like, all right. Let's not be surprised by anything. Let's be yeah. very let's lock it down <laughs> and be surprised when things aren't wild and crazy, yes. and be grateful. But that yeah, was I'm like angry. when we did when
1: I did the live with Shaman Durek. There's a live on our Instagram. IGTV that I did weeks ago with, with Shaman Dirk. You can watch it on IGTV now, Almost 30 podcast, and Shaman's prediction about, he's like, I told you guys in my book, Spirit Hacking, that 2020 was going to be crazy. And you know the next thing. So I already predicted the pandemic and there's one thing that's coming and it's lesions on your skin. <laughs> Hot lesions.
0: I was like... The whole feed was like... I know, honestly, every,
1: Oh, it made me like... Yeah, it made
0: me kind of bummed And then he was like, there's going to be earthquakes in parts of the world, (laughs) like in major cities that have not had earthquakes before. So I was like, okay. Honestly. I got to notify my friends in New York. (laughs) My my Ohio friends. My dad in Florida needs to watch out.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh man. And it's just hard because what happens is, this is like human nature, you know, someone... And this isn't the only reason why people were so interested in the live, but someone starts to say that and then people are like even more intrigued. You know, they're like, tell me what else bad is happening because it's Uh human nature. It's like, if you're like, hey, guys, well, today's going to be awesome. (laughs) We're going to just chill. Everyone's like, all right, I got to do something else that's going to make me scared all day. (laughs) Yeah, man. He'll be coming back on the podcast again, too, which is he's so to Yeah. And I I was like rolling. Yeah. After our live.
0: Yeah, one thing, I, uh, many things I love about Shaman, but I do love this choice he gives us where he's like, hey, this could very well happen, all of these things. (laughs) He's like, however, it could also not happen because of the choices we make. You know, and in very general terms, like the choice to love. Yes. Whether it's ourselves and other people and et cetera, et cetera. So like there is that choice and yeah, he's very powerful. He will be back on the pod soon. But check out that
1: IGTV. It's on our on our Almost Thirty podcast Instagram. I Me and Lindsay were just looking at houses in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite pastime is thinking of cities and looking at houses. Oh, I take walks and I redfin the entire I walk. Love it. I Zillow. Zillow mm-hmm. is my thing.
0: Yep. I love it. It's so fun. Well, just to your point before we were talking about just visualizing, it really helps me to visualize Mm -hmm. myself saying yes to a house, signing the papers, walking in the house, you know, like just the whole thing. Um, But yeah, a friend of mine is moving to Boise and I've been hearing more and more people, not just to Boise, but just to Mm -hmm. like these up and coming
1: cities. I think they wrote about it somewhere. It's like an exodus. They call it like the great city exodus Mm -hmm. or something. Which... I don't know. Exodus from cities. This is what I do with um, my Googling. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I think they said something. And then I'll type in the exact thing. And Justin's like, that's not how Google works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who says it? Okay. I got I got good, good resources. The Atlantic. Wall Street Journal. Okay. Business of fashion. Okay. Maybe. Oh, questionable. Sh- click that one. Click that one. Yeah, I'm going to find the, <laughs> the weirdest one. But yeah, people... Yeah, there is actually Financial Express, USA Today, Americans well, flee f- cities for the suburbs. I think mostly because hap- of Corona, probably. I, I think that that like
0: where people are realizing that they can work from home. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's going to actually yes. happen more and more. So people who thought they had to be in the office, and even businesses, companies who thought that they had to have an office for their employees are realizing, oh my gosh, I don't have to pay that $50,000 in rent. People can work from home. Maybe we meet up once a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I can imagine that people are like, let's save money. How much money in um, rent did you say? (laughs) What did I say? $50,000. Oh, for an office? Or what you say? Hey, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I said 50,000. I'm thinking of like <laughs> They're a on huge office. <laughs> it's
1: actually
0: like a cruise ship uh, office. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I agree. And hopefully, I think what's nice about that is, I guess I'm thinking about the plausibility of some people and the availability of everyone to move to the suburbs. But I'm hopeful that it just really gives people more opportunity at living a better life. You know, if, they can, if more people can move to suburbs. But that's what I've heard is like cities like Boise, Bismarck, And in cities that we wouldn't have thought of before are actually very cool and very happening. Where's Bismarck? North Dakota. Cool. (laughs) I think it's the capital. (laughs) I don't know if that one's happening, but Bismarck, stand up.
0: (laughs) I'm sure we have a listener in Bismarck. No, that's really cool. And I I just think for me, I've been craving so hard to be on grass, by the water,
1: very little happening. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I and trees. I don't know what that is. I want is. trees outside trees. all of my windows.
1: Mm-hmm. That's like one of my visuals is trees outside all of my windows. That's what I want to look at. hmm
0: Not the street. But it's so interesting because a few years ago, I'm like, I'm living in a city for the rest of my life. Of course.
1: Uh, this is who when I am. When you're in your 20s. <laughs> I would be at clubs every night. I'd be like, who likes bars? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like sitting there like bobbling around like, what? I'm like, who even likes go to go to normal a cool, bars? I'm going to be a cool
0: mom and go to clubs when I have kids. <laughs> <Honestly. laughs> I was like, who likes rock and roll techno only? I literally remember having a conversation with my ex-boyfriend and being like, okay. Like we made like a promise to ourselves where we're like, when we when we have oh a my family, God. we're going to still like party and be cool. <laughs> so stupid so stupid oh shit yeah you're like
1: yeah (laughs) it's so dumb it's so hilarious (laughs) I I remember saying that to all my friends we'd be at clubs just like standing there looking around with drinks in our hand just being like why would you ever go to a bar like why would you ever not be at the club (laughs) Um, They're like, so we can have a conversation. So we don't lose our hearing? No, honestly. (laughs) So we don't have to wear those stupid ass shoes.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, which I'm looking forward to just breaking this apart um, with you and for you all. But we wanted to just cover some biz and remind you of a few things going on with almost 30 uh we do have our retreat coming up in august second week of august at Colomigos guest ranch and i believe we have two spots left and by the time this episode comes out i'm not sure mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things but i just wanted to let you know we just that, wanted
1: to piss you off if yeah. you wanted to come <laughs> yeah. we just wanted to make it you know known just in case known and then unknown <laughs> but yeah retreats happening and on the website too, we have our updated safety protocols and new sponsors and uh, speakers. So it's going to be incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to be awesome. And then we wanted to also tell you guys about the two new Paradigm Digital Series workshops that we have happening. So the New Paradigm Digital Series we started uh, when COVID first happened, and these are New Paradigm leaders talking about New Paradigm subjects to challenge assumptions, challenge assumptions, <laughs> to challenge assumptions, break old patterns, and open our eyes to new topics. And ways of life. The one that we have actually tonight on Thursday, July 9th is Ancient Remedies in the Modern World. Um, It is with Anima Mundi Herbals' Adriana Ayales, uh, tonight. And we're going to talk about herbs, herbology, lucid dreaming, and how to incorporate plant medicine into your life. So... Love her. She's Mm -hmm. iconic. She's going to be at the retreat too. Uh, That's going to be awesome. And then the second one is with Natalie Miles. And Natalie Miles is an intuitive. She's a author to be. She has a podcast as well. And it's called The Intuition Reactivation. It helps us all reconnect to our gifts with her. So we're going to be doing work around understanding your natural born gifts and releasing ancestral blocks that connect you to those gifts. She'll provide tools, practical tips, and exercises as well as a guided message meditation. And with both of those, we have a portion of the proceeds going to uh, charities that support anti-racism efforts. Yeah.
0: Two powerful women. So what we love about the digital workshop series is that anyone anywhere in the world can join. And it's been just such a fun way to connect with you and to learn and to grow. So almost30podcast.com, click on digital series.
1: So for today's episode, (laughs) when we were thinking about inspiration, we were just, you know, as we do pulling from our lives and, you know, conversations we've been having with the community and something that has been coming up quite a lot recently for Lindsay and I, and, and has come up so much in my life, but has been more of a priority now for me to not lose myself. And, you know, as you get older, you realize how much and how often you could really lose who you are and how easy it is to fall off your path and when you do finally discover yourself or awaken to yourself and you do have that moment of connection to who you are, it becomes something you almost chase as you lose yourself through various points in your life. So we're going to talk about how to not lose yourself in this. We're going to explain what you, losing yourself means so that it's you know a little bit more tangible for everyone um, in the ways in which we define it. We're going to talk about what it feels to lose yourself, how it feels in your body, how it looks for your mental health. And then we're going to talk about examples that we've gone through personally, you know, times where we have lost ourselves. The list is long, but I just want to, we're going to (laughs) provide clear examples of that. And then we're going to talk about steps to take that we try to instill every day to not lose ourselves.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting to me, like being in my thirties now where I thought that like I kind of had it together in in terms of you know knowing who I am and I just want to like define that when you lose yourself or abandon yourself it's there's a difference there like you could know who you are and still abandon yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember in
1: like high school I was like a senior in high school I'd be like yeah I literally thought I knew everything I thought I knew who I was I thought I knew everything but I was living in Ohio as a senior in high school like what (laughs)
0: And I and I feel like we need to remember that at every moment in our life, even when we're thirty two, thirty three, and we're like, we think honestly, we think we know everything about ourselves, and we think we know what's up. There's probably there is so much more, but yeah, it's been it's been a recurring theme in my life um, as well. To. And it's so sneaky, right? Mm-hmm. Like I almost don't realize it until it's it's happened and it's causing me a lot of anxiety and pain in my relationships where I just have moments where I completely abandon how I feel what i want, what's important to me. And so, yeah, i think this is a really important topic to discuss because i'm sure a lot of you out there are like nodding your head up and down, and i think just being really clear about what it looks like, feels like, and examples and ways we can really come back to ourselves will be helpful.
1: Yeah, and i think, you know, for for most of us, i think we lose ourselves at various points in our life. You know, when we're very young, you you separate from that, that younger self. And that happens for almost everyone. You know, mm-hmm. you lose, you need to come back to your soul at various points in your life. And I remember when we went on this retreat to Rhythmia, that was one of the main goals was to... Merge back with your soul after losing yourself at, you know, maybe one of the first parts or first traumatic experiences in your life. So, when you have these traumatic experiences, that's often a point where you lose yourself in many ways and Mm -hmm. yourself splits. Yeah, and then lives in other dimensional realities when you have to come back to yourself through various healing. But through losing yourself, I think mo- for most people, they recognize the ways in which they lose themselves and they most gravely lose themselves from in their twenties is what I would perceive as that was my experience of losing myself was like, because I think a lot in the Western world, we are told that getting a college degree is like, a must even if it's going to put people in $200,000 worth of debt and then they'll have to work for 20 years to to pay it off that a college degree is a must and then beyond that you know the dream is to have the stable job the family the car and the house and it's really that like white picket fence type mentality mm-hmm. that is portrayed or, or that is put on us to try and fulfill so when you're in your 20s and you're kind of I felt like personally, I was chasing that in a way in my own sort of fashion. I was chasing that. So I lost myself in that hope to have the stable job living in the big city, dating someone I dated from college, having, you know, the same similar lifestyle that I had, but not really taking stock or taking analysis to who I was and what my life could be. So what it really means to lose yourself is to have Periods and points in time where you're either you're so unhappy, you're so anxious, and things really don't go well when you lose yourself because the universe is always trying to push you back on your path, and oftentimes it can be really painful and it doesn't feel good. So mm-hmm. when we started the podcast, we were in the mess of our 20s, and it really was a time when we probably had lost ourselves and lost ourselves along the way, and you know the podcast was a lot the goal to find ourselves again.
0: hmm when you lose yourself for me in my experience it's been like not honoring how i'm feeling and Mm -hmm. really judging it so hard yeah and so like not being with that like feeling of embarrassment frustration anger sadness whatever it is and you know i do think in my life i can kind of trace that back to when i was young as krista was saying like it can have that connection to that younger you where my feelings necessarily weren't always validated right they were even if it's a loving, like, oh, don't cry. Like it's all, Mm -hmm. it's all okay. Like why, you know, things like that can, can be like smaller, smaller T traumas that as a child, you're like, okay, so it's not the way I'm feeling is not okay. So I can't fully express it. Right. And then as an adult, when these big emotions come up, you're kind of looking around like, is this normal? Mm -hmm. Is this okay? What am I feeling? This is a lot because over time it's compounded. And so it's it's coming up as almost more than maybe you think it should be. But I think, you know, for me it's really about being with how I'm feeling, trusting that feeling, um, trusting myself. You know, I think for me it's like the antidote to losing myself or abandoning myself is Mm -hmm. trusting myself more and really being an advocate for myself right like it's almost like like I have to separate from that that girl that's like oh and I know know who I am it's like no you know who you are Mm -hmm. hi you know who you are talk to me look at me in the eyes Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really kind of talking to her and being my own advocate in
1: those in those moments yeah I was talking to Natalia Benson the other day our friend and she um, we were talking about the situation where she received, you know, some feedback about something. And, you know, she was saying that she like took herself in the mirror and like pointed at herself and was like, You're my best fucking friend and I got you. Mm-hmm. Just like that actual looking at, at in the mirror at yourself and making that comment. And yep. you know, that sort of sentiment of like being there for yourself reminds me too of Peter Kelly. Another friend of ours, Peter Kelly, when when they had their wedding ceremony, in their wedding vows, she vowed to her husband, but she also vowed that her first answer is to her soul. Mm -hmm. And that the only person person that she answers to is her soul and that her husband is even second to that. And that the soul is the number one priority for her and both of them in their relationship, Mm. which is so powerful. So powerful. And I think that's an, you know, I don't want to go off on that tangent, but that's an interesting thing to think about for the archetypes and roles that people have and the opportunities that when we subscribe to certain identities, that it really is subscribing to losing yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're an example, you're subscribing to being, you know, the wife and you're like, I will, you are always number one in a way it's saying them over you, their feelings over you, you know, their choices over you. Or if you're a mom in a lot of ways, that identity can really be hard for someone to keep themselves in so many different dynamics. I don't want to go far on that one, but that's an interesting thing that I'm really going to percolate on is like Mm -hmm. the ways in which certain identities help you or really push you along the path to lose yourself. Mm -hmm. Actually, a last one example for that one before we go into what it feels like is when I was vegan, when I first became vegan, I've been vegetarian, vegan for 10 years or something. And I became vegetarian in college and it was kind of, it wasn't really normal to be in Ohio in college. And then I became vegan when I moved to LA and just became much pretty, into it, pretty into the movement, pretty into the, the activism around it. And, you know, those sort of identities can really make you lose yourself Mm -hmm. because you're so on the idea that, Everyone else is wrong, but you and the judgment, the judgment, uh, it, it really separates you from others. And that's yeah. where you lose yourself is the separation. So. And the good and the bad. So you're yes. in moments
0: where you're like, I kind of want an egg white. Is this bad? I'm bad. Yes. What do I need? What? You know yes.
1: Because I mean? like, it is. It's like, if your body was like, I want to eat this, then you're like, no, the dogma is telling yes. you that you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's our
0: next solo. I on, know. Honestly. <laughs> archetypes. I yeah. um, but what does it feel like? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think for me my what it feels like for me when I lose myself is asking lots of friends for advice and even asking strangers for advice. When I am in a state <laughs> of chaos or unknowing, it's like I really need that validation that mm-hmm. I'm what I'm doing is right and I really need that there is something to support, you know, there definitely is something to support. And I have the most supportive friends. We have the most supportive friends, but I do feel like it's grasping a lot of times. And, you know, in really hard moments, it almost becomes like an addiction. And like I say, addiction, and I'm, I'm laughing now. Cause it's like, it feels like that in my body, like even with our coach, yeah, sure. like if things really pop off, you know, I feel I have a thought something's going on and it's almost like I need to outsource what it is that I'm going to do and ask either a coach or a friend instead of following my own intuition. Yeah. So it's so and you know Glennon Doyle in her book Untamed one of the parts of the memoir and we talked about this in our interview with her was about when her husband was cheating on her or something and she woke up and she googled like what to do if your husband is cheating on you and she said she realized in that moment like (laughs) i'm about to ask the internet what to do with my life and it's one of those things like are you asking the internet what to do with your life
0: yeah to that point i mean i usually find myself feeling wobbly and hollow especially when i am super connected to the internet To social media, you know, I'm I'm mindlessly scrolling. I'm allowing other people's um, representations of their experience and their lives on Instagram. It it causes me to judge my own Mm -hmm. and and wonder if I'm doing enough and if I should be farther along in my life. Like it's just this. Really warped um, reality, I find myself in, and I just feel super hollow, so hollow to the point where, like, I feel like, and this is this is on the extreme end of when I really abandon myself, where I feel like nothing I could do could make me feel whole. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that I rely too heavily on others to validate that I'm good, per- a good person or that I'm doing mm-hmm. enough or that I'm successful
1: or this, that, the if other If you get thing? 100K followers, you'd probably feel Yeah, probably. Whole. <laughs> Let's work on that. Yeah, honestly. This is a campaign. <laughs> honestly. I just don't think <laughs> you have Actually, enough followers you, to feel whole. That scares me? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at 100K followers, you feel
0: whole. <laughs> but then I like, then I find myself, it could even be with you or with Sean or m- my mom. She like, tries to kiss me. Needing more, <laughs> needing more like, <laughs> please tell me I'm doing good, for right? Sure. Where I'm like, I'm not doing that for myself, yes, right? Sometimes I feel like a kid. I mm-hmm. feel like a child. I feel small. I feel like like a victim of sorts, right? Like where, yes. where I've done that to myself. I'm just like, oh, fuck, what was me? Like, I can't get out of it.
1: You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um, That's and- almost the same. It's like with the friends, it's like, save yes. me. Yes. And emotionally withdrawn.
0: Like I tend to like emotionally mm-hmm. withdraw and just be in my head and like overthink and then the stories loop and they're probably not true, you know? So yes. it's, it's more of that.
1: Totally. Also, yeah, mine feels like reaching and searching. Mine feels outward and it feels frantic. It's mm-hmm. like avoiding the information that I know by searching for information outside, you know, Googling things, asking people, whatever. And then it's also for me just anxious. It's super anxious. It's like, because it's just, it's fully up here in the loop thoughts and not allowing whatever to come down and to really sit and not allowing, it's allowing the conversation of the mental to, to supersede the, the spiritual part of me. And, you know, I was thinking about too, like as far as losing yourself, um, there's a really good book. It's called The Art of Choosing and it talks about, you know, how we as humans now have evolved where we have so much option all the time. It's a really powerful book. If you even think about it when you go into buy toothpaste at the grocery store, how many options for toothpaste there are. And how, you know, at each moment our brain is always scanning, always, you know, learning, always deciding, always making decisions. And even just a moment of like staring at a hundred toothpaste, you're like, It's like an option for you to think outside yourself about something that like, you know, it's just there's going on Instagram, Mm -hmm. going on whatever social media platform. There's just there's a lot of temptation to lose yourself. And, you know, we fall into that trap all the time. Totally. It happens all the time. So just know that maybe even more than ever, maybe more than ever, I don't actually I probably couldn't say that more than ever, but the temptation to lose ourselves is great. Absolutely, but I wonder if it's changed just because now people are are leaving the ideal people are waking up to the the ideal American dream being not true so I think that's kind of going away
0: mm-hmm. but yeah I pray
1: yeah honestly okay so for examples, so the one I was thinking of was just me trying to pursue that dream, you know, trying to pursue that that ideal of, um, you know, I went to school in Ohio. I went to the school my parents met at and got married and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it was a school, you know, nearby my hometown, but went to school in Ohio. And then after that, you know, the goal was to get a corporate job doing whatever and live in the big city. And I was dating someone for a long time in college. And then in... Um, Uh, Chicago, where I was living. And it was like, okay, I checked off all the boxes in a relationship. Everyone thought he was amazing. And then living in a city, everyone thought was amazing. Having friends who are amazing and having a job that was like a great job, getting paid more than what I thought, which was like $2 an hour. And Mm -hmm. so it was just, I did all the things, but I was more unhappy than I'd ever been. And I was like partying all the time. I thought that would make me happy. I just I thought that like doing these things that everyone said were fun or everyone said was good or everyone said was like smart to do were going to make me be okay, but it didn't. And that's when, you know, I was at my lowest when I was just so unhappy at that point that I had to do something. But that for me was like the most close I was to fully losing myself for good. And I think at the moment where I had such, you know, I had that episode of, of, an anxiety attack and and really bad depression for the first two years, there could have been one path where I would have taken where I would have kind of conceded and maybe even just followed the path of staying there, accepting this as normal. But for me, it pushed me to like do something else and it got worse before it got better, but it was definitely, you know, worth it. But yeah, that for me was like just doing the practical over what made sense for me.
0: To the the partying point or the the numbing of like party. when you're literally I when you think it. you should be happy, hundred percent. Like you oh have God, everything, dude. and then you like choose something to numb. Like dude. I'm
1: thinking every time we'd be out, it's like I'd be like, "Is this fun? Yeah." We're all like, I'm sitting in the corner, and but like you my, have to numb. My in shoes order to are not... sticking to the ground, and I'm just like finding the snacks at the party, and I don't even enjoy any of these conversations. Yep. And it sounds pretentious, but it was like. Just, I was trying to fit in with people that I wasn't, you know, it wasn't. It's painful. Yeah, I'm sure people were having a fucking blast. I didn't want to play beer pong. I didn't want to like, I'm not a chill person. So it was like, I don't want to chill with a beer. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, Mm -hmm. yes. But then in those situations, it's like, then you,
0: you're like, I got a numb because yes. if I'm here not not respecting myself, mm-hmm. I don't want to remember this. Yeah. 100%. I would
1: That's always say I'm like too. I'm blacking out or I'm not drinking. Yeah. Not yeah. normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't drink. <laughs> people do people the party be like, with
0: like a t-shirt, I'm blacking out or not drinking <laughs> yeah, <at all>. honestly, <laughs> it's like one of those 2 AM one of
1: those tank tops. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking a razor penny. back. Yeah, yeah, it's like a penny. I've got like I've got like rainbow flip-flops on and like <laughs> basketball shorts. They're like, "Williams, what up? She's back." They're like, "Yo, we know what you're doing tonight." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, and it's so funny because I mean, like I say such wild shit sometimes. <laughs> I bet you my friends were like, "Totally." And just like, <laughs> "What the fuck?"
0: <laughs> Bless. Holy hell. Bless the people. My example Is more recent, but when Sean first came to stay with me here in LA that first week, holy fuck, I was like insanely, my codependency just oozed out of my pores. It was almost embarrassing because he will tell me exactly what's up. And he was just like, are you, are you okay? (laughs) Because like I was just constant and it it, it was almost as if my nervous system was on edge because I was... like feeling what he was feeling, wondering like how I could make him feel one more comfortable fine but then two like it, it's as if i thought he was leaving the next week so mm-hmm. like i gotta just make sure God, that like, my legs i gotta sh- like show him that like our relationship is amazing and we gotta do all the fun things yes by the way we're in quarantine so don't know two. what i was thinking
1: just justin i literally last week i was like we never do anything fun he's like the world is in quarantine can i have a break literally, literally. I was like paint with me he's like what
0: <laughs> I know and I keep forgetting I'm like I I just want to go on a date he's like we can't similar seriously he's like I'll go on a walk with you I'm like ah, it's not enough <laughs> it's not enough um but yeah I was like just so wrapped up in in him and completely abandoning how I felt, what I needed to do, what was important to me. He'd ask me, he's like, okay, what are we going to do for dinner? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And he's like, do you know what you want? Like, do you know what you want ever? Like, he's like, you can choose. And it doesn't have to be like exactly what, you know, like there's just, which I appreciate. I love that. But I just saw so clearly my codependency come up and we all have have like a turkey in the oven for you and you're like, what? (laughs) Like you like mashed potatoes, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just, it was one of those moments that I was like, oh no, no, no. Because I've done this with every other relationship I've ever had. Thankfully, he called me out on it and didn't just stay silent and then break up with me, but like, (laughs) which has happened every other time in the past. But yeah, it was just a moment where I was like, oh, actually, when I respect myself and I trust myself and I listen to how I'm feeling even if it's a little like ugly if i'm feeling like, frustrated or sad when i actually feel those things i become more attractive to the other person cuz they're like oh it's you're true. a human yeah it's true and you're connected to yourself right like so yeah that was that was like a big a big learning to, for me and i still have my moments but it is so much more apparent now when they creep up and I'm really able to like pause and be with myself. We'll talk about the steps, but
1: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, think about us being like electric beings, it's like, so you're, you have one part of your electric signal that is like, I am sad. And it is like trying to convey that you are sad. And then you have the other part that's like, trying to let you not be sad. And it's like, I am not sad. And it's like, whenever anyone's around you, you're like, what are you? Exactly. He was confused. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, for mm-hmm. sure. It's like, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Story <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Ask me three times and see what happens. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so, okay. Talking about guys, I have notes. I'm really professional of just, cause I wanted to just be super clear with this, mm-hmm. but the ways in which um, to not lose yourself as, as, thing as just tips and steps and just the first part of this is just the caveat for me which is a tip and a step and an understanding that not losing yourself means upsetting people along the way not losing yourself is the harder route so again it means pissing people off Mm -hmm. upsetting people and losing people on the way you know and I've this has happened to me I mean so much it's like the rebel in me, but it's also as the example, if I bring it back to my Chicago example, you know, my parents just wanted me to have a stable job. They wanted me to have a relationship and just, you know, do do that thing for the rest of my life. So when I left all my friends in Chicago, they were upset when I left the job. Um, you know, that was upsetting. It was kind of a weird situation, but it was kind of upsetting. And then leaving that long-term relationship, you know, we had been dating for five years. Everyone loved him. I remember... <laughs> One of my friends, like when I was like, said we were breaking up, she's like, Oh my gosh, should I date him? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Yeah, man. Um, but you know it's just was like a, you know that was a truth coming through. It was it was truth, and I was like, actually that could work. <laughs> and it was just like no one understood why. No one understood what I was doing, and no one needed to, but I knew in my heart what I had to do and why I had to do it. And even you know, when we moved from New York to LA, leaving that job that I was at, no one really fully understood why I was doing what I was doing, but I knew in my heart that that's what I needed to do. So really it's thinking according to what, is true to you and not thinking to what is um, true for the world, what is practical for the world, what everyone else is doing, because what everyone else is doing is not what we need to be doing. And souls do not govern other souls as Peter Kelly says. So, Other people's souls do not need to govern what you need to do because if we look online for an hour, you can see a hundred different options of ideas and perspectives of what you need to be doing with your life, but they are not you. So when you don't lose yourself, you're going to upset people along the way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so much of the upsetness that they're feeling or experiencing is because I'm sure they would love to to also not abandon themselves and when, totally. they, and when they see someone who is not abandoning yep. them, themselves subconsciously it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i should be doing more of that
1: yeah and it makes people look at themselves too they're like yeah. wait they think this is because you know uh, with being a human it's always kind of seeing what people are doing evaluating ourselves and so when as an example i just quit and, and in like a very abrupt way and moved on everyone's like okay wait am i happy Am I doing the right thing? You know, she wasn't happy. Am I happy? You know, it's just people always evaluated in themselves and compare what they're doing to others. And it can be challenging for people. I tweeted it the other day, but it's like your evolution and the way that you ascend, the speed at which you will ascend or evolve may upset people that are not evolving or ascending as quickly as you are.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Uh, Another tip, this one's kind of bold, but... We like bold. We like bold. (laughs) We like bold and spicy. I think you can... For me, it's doing it with the people that I love and trust. And I can imagine that if any of you out there are experiencing this feeling of losing yourself, it can happen with people that you love and trust. So this is kind of where you start, where it's pausing, taking a deep breath and just saying out loud what is happening. Like, so feeling safe enough to say like, hey, listen, When I told you that I wanted chicken for dinner, I was actually just saying it because I thought you would want it, and I just abandoned myself, like, or I just like kind of lost myself there. And I'd like to tell you what I actually want. This is a very like I love it PG PG example, but I'm just saying like I think for me it's been very helpful to actually use my voice and say it out loud, and just say I'm really uncomfortable because I in that moment like I just completely abandoned how I really felt. So I'm just gonna take a moment, take a breath and like, I'd love to share with you like how I'm actually feeling yep. or actually express. And yes, it is, it's weird. But I, I think if you you create a container with people that you love and trust, where you say, hey, I'm working on this and I would love for you to, to hold space for this or hold me accountable, you know, and this is kind of what it might look like. I might just say, call it out in the moment. And it becomes, in my experience, really beautiful because then you get closer to that person because they are a part of like your growth and actually they might learn something about themselves. So pausing, taking a breath, we need to close your eyes and just like, remember that you are a soul in a body and then speaking your truth, honoring that in that moment, you abandon yourself. It's okay. You can come back, but like just bringing people in on your own growth, I think is important.
1: Yeah, it's like avoiding the (laughs) micro-abandons. Yeah. You know, like those little ones. My second one was, it means, you know, to not lose yourself, it means you're spending more time alone in general. And I think this is an obvious one that you all understand. But we were doing a healing session with an amazing woman and she was talking a lot about, ways in which we were plugged into different grids, you know, different types of grids that exist spiritually. And these would be grids that have been placed upon humans or grids that have been placed upon souls, such as grids related to social media, grids related to narcissism. You know, there's just very, very specific grids that people could be plugged into based on whatever's going on in their life. And I was thinking about the, the actual plug, you know, the actual visual plug in that we have as humans to, other people, to Mm. our careers, to social media, to whatever identity that we have, you know, identities can be plugs too, that you really have attached to yourself that are feeding you who you should be. Um, In my case, it's a lot of um, probably related to social media and then um, maybe some things in my past, but really unplugging from those things so that you can live as a sovereign being and by being quiet and being alone you are weakening that plug so mm-hmm. you could you know unplug through a meditation or a healer or a any which way you can unplug from specific grids you feel that you're attached to but if you're not completely aware of ways in which you could be attached to certain plugs then spending time alone will weaken those and eventually you know you'll be able to be sovereign on your own but i think with being alone i did a silent retreat last year and what it taught me was that it there is a hump you know so at first it's very uncomfortable you feel weird you want to grab your phone you want to just fill whatever open space and time that you have but when you are alone for a certain period of time it gets juicy and divine it is the best like You just feel freedom when you've really accepted being alone for a certain amount of time. So spending more time alone will help you to find and honor yourself. Yeah, I love that one.
0: I've always kind of been a loner. However, I don't think it was intentional
1: lonership (laughs) the saddest thing I've ever heard
0: well no I I just feel like with an intention of unplugging right like because sometimes if you're a loner you are still kind of like connected in sneaky ways yes like on social media got it so just like kind of being a little bit of a reckless loner where it's like when you can be intentional about it I think yeah totally it's not just
1: being alone with your phone exactly yeah I mean that's the that's the (laughs) T. that is the absolute T. okay So,
0: my next tip is inner child work. And, you know, whether this is in therapy or in meditation or in a journaling capacity, I do think that for me, being able to be with seven year old Lindsay or whatever age I'm able to access as a point at which. I was abandoned or maybe I abandoned myself and just like be with her. And recently it's been more about like writing to her where a feeling comes up. I identify that this is definitely something from my childhood, this feeling, and I'm able to just kind of like in, so it begins with a meditation and then asking the feeling like, where is this coming from? And asking what age it is, asking for any specifics, whether it's visuals or words or maybe people come to mind. And then just going deeper there and not judging what comes up and just kind of allowing any feelings from that time to be written down has been helpful. And then from there, it's just being with that girl and just saying like, hey... I'm with you always, like adult Lindsay is with you always. And what do you need right now? Do you need to feel more safe? Do you need to feel um, more protected? I think is just really important. And it sounds, you know, I think inner child work at first, when I first started it in therapy, I was like... Okay, so I'm tucking myself into bed. and I I'm know, tucking honestly. myself into my pocket, my like pocket square on yeah, my honestly. shirt. Like, what is happening?
1: It's like you kind of shit talk yourself. You're like, what does my younger self yeah, want? Yeah, yeah, which exactly. is terrible.
0: Yeah, I'm like, let's call in the wolf, and she's gonna stand with my seven year old <laughs> self. Know,
1: <laughs> but like my seven year old self
0: wants snacks. Yeah. But like there is something to it, it's like loving to, to, all parts of yourself yeah, to have awareness of that part of myself that is in, in many moments like driven the bus, mm-hmm. you know, of my life. It's really powerful to be able to be with her. So if you have not done any inner child work, I would highly, highly recommend. So whether that's therapy, meditation journaling. And I can imagine there are books on that. I would love to do that research for you guys, but yeah, it's just, it's just been really powerful and it can be very simple, you know, like it doesn't have to be by the book, but just accessing that part of you that feels younger, that feels triggered, you know, Mm -hmm. in those moments.
1: Love that. Love me some inner child work. Uh, The last one that I have is realizing that you can't control others. So detaching from expectations you have of others, other people's journeys, other people's stories. And there was one point in time, I've actually lost myself quite a bit because of this. And this is something that I realized in a a session I actually did with Brima Lanson this year that I have a deep... um, attachment to other people's healings. So you know, as a, as a young girl, I was so attached to my mom being better. I was so attached to this ideal that I wanted her to be happy and I wanted her to be okay. So at various points in my life, I've had people in relationships, mostly female, where it's been people that I've been very attached to their healing, where I feel like I know the best way. I feel like I have to just be super involved emotionally. And it became something that was really hard or really bad for me at one point in time where I had a friend that was in a really toxic relationship and it completely took me out. You know, I just was, a, I was obsessed with it. I was so emotional all the time. I was so invested and I completely lost myself in what wasn't even my relationship because I was just so bothered. So as I've gotten older, With that situation in particular not being attached to other people's healing journeys or other people's evolution. And then overall just not being attached to other people's stories, what other people are doing. And even within my current relationship with Justin, you know, we have this. This is our probably most consistent arguments are about me being so obsessed with like my... What I think is the right spiritual path and what I think is the right spiritual path is meditation, you know journaling blah 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 and that's what I think he should do every day and that's how I think he should honor himself. That's how I think he should honor his soul whatever and so you know he is so firmly such a he's so firmly sovereign that he's like that is not how mine works, you know, so our constant conversation is about my attachment to what I think is right for someone's spiritual journey. And he has attachments to what he think is right for like me chilling all the time. But in those those conversations, you know, you can really realize where like you're becoming bothered by someone just existing because of an expectation that you have. So people could often lose themselves just in like that obsession with thinking that they know what's best for people. And just as a last thing on that bit, that's what's really hard about the spiritual community. You know, once you discover your spirit and once you discover your soul, it can become... And this is why religion is so much this way, the dogma, where you believe that you know better, where you believe that your path is the right path, you believe that what you're doing is the right thing. And this is where so much opinion comes in from the spiritual community where it sometimes can be the most judgmental because, you know, it's, it's the belief that everything you're doing is right. But losing yourself really is in the judgment of others mm. and gaining yourself is in the release of the attachment to other people's journeys. I love that. Yeah, that is very clear. And my last one
0: is so often I've abandoned myself because I'm like not excited to learn and grow. (laughs) Like it feels almost too much to be with that. And so just really rewriting my relationship with learning. And really loving the opportunity to learn more about myself, to grow, yeah. to become what I'm meant to become, rather than being so attached to the comfort of like who I am now. Because sometimes I'm just like, I'm, t- I'm tired. I don't want, you know, like I just got to where I am. Like, can yes. I have a moment? Yeah, it's, it's been really important for me to be with the feeling that's coming up and then being like, okay. Got it. I'm about to learn something big. Like that first week with Sean, I was like feeling a lot of things. I was like, this is going to really help us grow in our relationship lens. Like be with this. You're like, I'm excited to learn. I love learning. So like lean in, you know, like instead of running away or avoiding really working on it. So I think for me, you know, my last tip is really just like, Loving the learning, understanding that those moments that are difficult are, are those opportunities for you to have a better understanding of who you are, of your purpose. Like it it can be that deep, it can be that big. And these little moments are kind of meant to bring us closer and closer to that. So yeah, loving the learning because I love myself. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I've been resistant to that lately. Mm-hmm. I've been like a
1: little bitch about that. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, can we just relax? I know. <laughs> Can I have a day off of like personal growth? Um, it's true. I love that. So just to recap, so mine was that you may make people mad. <laughs> so to not lose yourself means upsetting other people. It means more time alone in general. And then it means realizing that you cannot control others. Mm-hmm. And mine were
0: having that moment to pause, breathe and say out loud what is actually happening with people that you love and trust so that you can use your voice. Number two was really digging into inner child work. Abandonment might be something that happened to you as a child, you know, whether it was a small moment or a big moment. And so being with that younger you and honoring their feeling and assuring them that you are in control now. And then three is really fall in love with with the learning. So there's no shame in your feeling. The feelings might be big and overwhelming and new, but the refusal to learn is the refusal, I think, in my experience to love myself. So loving the learning. Love that. Peace and love, baby. There you go, guys. <laughs> let let us know. Let yeah. us know. You know, we're always we're always here to chat about this. I think it's very common abandoning yourself, and there are just ways in which even just talking about it mm-hmm. can make us more aware of it, which can speed up the healing in that. Mhm.
1: And we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for subscribing and reviewing. Your, you know, notes when you guys write us reviews just mean so much to us. So, if you could take a second and you love the episode to do that, that would mean the world. Almost 30 podcasts on all socials. We have video now on YouTube, which is super fun. And yeah, new paradigm series. We have Adrian Ayales. we have Natalie Miles, we have more awesome workshops coming out for you soon. We'll see you at the retreat. And yeah, we love you. We love you. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye.